0: Hi everyone and welcome to Official Charts Take The Hit, a podcast where we get to know music artists a little better as they face questions themed around the UK's best-selling singles of all time. This week's guest is British producer, songwriter and DJ Jonas Blue. Now Jonas first appeared on the Official Singles Chart in 2016 when his debut single, which was a dance reworking of Tracy Chapman's Fast Car, reached number two on the Official Singles Chart. So far, he's racked up nine top 40 singles, most recently with Rita Ora and Tiesto collaboration, Ritual. And when we recorded this episode a couple of weeks ago with Jonas, it was currently hovering outside the top 40, which is why you'll hear it's eight top 40 singles in the episode. With the singles chart a more competitive arena than ever before, I wanted to ask Jonas about how he keeps up with that competition and also just to find out how fame has changed his life given how quickly he's found success. Let's have a listen. Jonas Blue, how are you? Good, thank you. Good. We're having a lovely day in London and we're cooped up in,
1: in a very dark room. Dark yes.
0: We're at your management's office, is that right? Uh, so this is basically my PR, yeah. Uh, do they take care of you? Take good care
1: of me? They take really good care of me. <laughs> they put me in dark rooms on podcast recordings. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, sorry about that. No worries. <laughs> are you ready to play Take the Hit? I'm ready. Good. So just to quickly explain, uh, I'm going to ask you a series of questions. Yeah. And they are themed around the UK's best selling singles of all time. Yeah. Uh, those questions are going to be decided at random through mm-hmm. our random number generator. Yeah. And the, the number that comes up relates to where a song sits on the list. Cool. So it's a very topic of discussion. Cool. I'm ready. Let's do it. Right. Go for the first one. So, number 135 starting with a deep, deep one in the list. Okay. <laughs> 135th best-selling single of all time in the UK is Naughty Boy, Feet Sam Smith, La La La, which was number one in 2013, which was like, quite a while ago now. Okay. I feel like it's a rec- more recent song. Yeah. I still. Um, and it sold 1.08 million copies. Okay. That's quite good. Um, my question based on it is kind of based on the La La La, and it was about kind of songwriting and production. Yeah. So, obviously... In about three and a half years, since you first appeared on the charts, I suppose, yeah. you've definitely proven pretty good at the whole songwriting production thing. Thank you. Um, just to go through your stats really quickly, you've had eight top 40 singles um, on the official singles chart, which in three and a bit years is really good going, yeah, given how it's, slow things it's come yeah, it's, these days. it's been amazing. Um, combined sales across everything um, is 6.92 million. And the streaming figure, which which we know is going to be huge, but eight hundred and eight million streams uh, across your tracks, which is a huge number. Um, I don't actually know the latest stats, so that's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> I you. just had a look this morning. Incredible on the on the systems. Um, so obviously you're doing something right. Uh, yeah. what, what do you think are, are the ingredients to this song? Now you've had a, a few kind of hits on the chart. What are you pulling out as kind of key ingredients? Um, well, I think for my for my type
1: of song, um, especially, it's uh, you know, I'm I'm very blessed that I get to travel the world, um, and the benefits of being able to be a DJ and travel the world is you see, it massively affects my songwriting in terms of certain lyrics that I put in the songs, um, the way the choruses are are kind of structured, um, so for me the key ingredients are to to keep it kind of very simple and keep it universal so I try to look for lyrics you know when I'm in the studio I try and think are people in a Brazilian crowd going to understand that lyric if it's the main lyric of the chorus so you know for, for instance rise it's the most simple word yeah but kind of conveyed in such a, a really cool story that it, although it's simple it's it's cool And, um, you know, hopefully a timeless song for people. But, um, you know, I just try to look for words that people can relate to and find easy to associate with. So I think that's one of the main ingredients. The other ingredient is that, um, obviously, coming from the dance world, um, having that background on house music, other types of dance music, and influencing that into um, the production. So you have this kind of, on one hand, you have this kind of very simplistic but timeless song with a backing of um, dance music that you know has has been dragged from all different genres and influences of, you know, sub genres within dance music. So
0: I think they're my kind of key ingredients. Yeah. So are you one of those musicians then? Because some find it hard to find inspiration on the road. Whereas yeah. it seems like your inspiration comes from being on the road. Yeah, I,
1: I kind of write very differently these days. So I'm not someone who sits in the studio every day writing. Um, I actually kind of write very rarely now, um, and, and the, the great thing with that is kind of taking all these kind of bits of inspiration, and then probably, you know, a few months before I need to release a song, I'll just go into the studio and just let all those kind of inspirations and emotions out and uh, and get a song down, Right, and I feel that for me is more beneficial than slogging away every single, I mean, I can't even do that anymore anyway, but sitting in a studio every day is just just, that
0: just doesn't work for me anymore does it vary for you then when you when you're making a song does some come really quickly does some take ages to get pulled together um if, if it takes ages to pull together
1: then it's not the one right um it has to come it has to be that that spark of magic and um and you know you have to get this the butterflies feeling you know I always go back to say Fast Car and that feeling that I got when I heard the instrumental once I made it. It was just like a goosebumps moment. I try to look for that every single time, and you know there are days where it doesn't happen. Um, you know, and it's it's weird. I, I feel like songs are kind of they come to you and they come out of you, on that day, and it's you know it's it's a magic moment. It doesn't always happen, but. Yeah, I, I work better under pressure. Hence, why I don't work all year long writing songs.
0: Was there any songs before Fast Car um, that you made where you got that feeling? Do you remember kind of the early? Um, times you were? a little
1: bit, a little bit. You know, I did, I did get that feeling, but uh, something happened when I made Fast Car. But I felt it. It was, you know, there was definitely a change about to happen. Um, and yeah, I I could really feel it. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Shall we go again? Yeah.
0: So we've got number five now. So the fifth best-selling of all time in the UK yeah. is uh, John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John. You're the one that I want. Great song. Great song. Classic. Uh, number one for nine weeks in 1978. Massive number one. Good year. Uh, and sold 2.8 million copies. Wow. My question is, um, obviously you're a frequent collaborator. As producer songwriter DJs are uh, what was uh, who's the sort of one you want to work with who you haven't been able to yet Sean Mendes okay straight out of the gate. yeah
1: so um, I've spoken to him a couple of times um, time is not on our side um, yeah, he's very busy I'm very busy but he knows I'm a huge fan he's uh, he, he actually became a fan when I made Perfect Strangers because uh, I think him and JP had a kind of relationship you know in terms of the music they both loved each other's music and uh, it kind of stemmed from there and then when he heard Perfect Strangers he was very much inspired and enjoyed that song and then yeah I've spoken to him a few times and um... I would love to to work on something with him you know I think my sound mixed with the great artist that he is a musician I think that we can make something you know, an amazing record and I've been in with uh, one of his songwriters uh, Scott Harris and We wrote a song on my album called "Come Through," and um, yeah, hopefully soon. Hopefully soon, I'd love that one.
0: I think I can imagine it working. Yeah, because you both are quite comfortable with stepping out of. You don't have like necessarily a specific sound. Yeah, Uh, yeah. Particularly Sean recently has been a lot more kind of experimenting different sounds and Rita and definitely stuff. Um, That'd be so cool. Yeah, that'd be really cool. You you have worked with a lot of more kind of up and coming singers, Mm. um, who's it all kind of have un- undeniably like unique voices mm. is the voice part more important than the, the person celebrity part
1: uh, half and half um, for sure um, you know it, it, it all kind of started where you know when I made Fast Car I, c- I couldn't get anyone to sing you know any anyone that was famous I couldn't get them to sing my songs they, they were just like you know who are you um, but when I met Dakota you know she had this incredible voice and what I didn't realize back then is that you know I had an ear for finding new talent, um, and and it became a thing. You know, finding new talent that would go on to do amazing things. You know, JP Cooper, Ray, Williams Inge, Jack and Jack. You know, all these amazing artists have gone on to do amazing things. You know, they're on the same lineups as me now, doing their own 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 stuff, which is incredible. You know, it became a thing, and then you know, as my career has gone on working with people like Liam Payne and Joe Jonas and Jesse Reyes you know, it's, it's incredible and it's, um, it's it's definitely about the balance though for me
0: I like having the new talent and established yeah I was going to say because you've got obviously you're currently working a bit of a two single yeah. approach at the moment just yeah. to make yourself even busier yeah. um, so you've got uh, what I like about you with Teresa Red. Yeah. and then, then the we got Rita and, the star, yeah. um, and obviously you mentioned you work with Liam before with the Bigger artists does that complicate things in terms of teams? Not necessarily those artists, but um, you know, t- working with those teams of bigger artists, they're harder to get to, yeah, pin down to time. And
1: yeah, I think yeah, I think time is the biggest issue. You know, a lot of these artists are usually in like album or single cycles, and it's you know, you just got to find that little moment where they've got a bit of free time and not on tour and up for doing a collab. Um, it's yeah, it's difficult to sometimes find that which also fits with my schedule because then you know I've got, yeah. I've got things going on as well so um, yeah time is definitely the biggest factor obviously when you're established as well you have you do have a big team and there's a lot of people there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen which uh, like to have their input which yes. is slightly annoying as well but um, yeah we get there in the end but that's part and, you know part and parcel exactly. of having a, an established act
0: yeah I, I, I remember a story the other day about Zed's the middle yeah which um, did you see this where it had like, you tried like 12 different... I did, yeah. Singers before. Is that... It was people like Charlie XX and Camila Cabello and stuff. Yeah. Were Is that actually quite common to try lots of different people on a track or... Uh,
1: as, really? it, as established as that, probably not unless you're, you know, Calvin or Zed. I, th- I think if you're, you know, if you've had... It, for the for the for the small amounts of people you could get away with doing it um but you know if 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 you know someone established was to see my record and it didn't sound good I wouldn't I wouldn't do it yeah. you know it has to because that's not what it's about it's not just you know people know if something's false because it looks good on paper rather than what it sounds like you know you you can engineer a lot of stuff these days but essentially it does just come down to a, a great song you know you can't force that so um,
0: as long as it sounds good then I'll run with yeah. it I and mean, you can um, be doing them a favour either if you put it no like, exactly it sounds great so, yeah uh, I was wondering if you can shed some light on something for me which yes. is crediting yes. the artists so it seems to have got more confusing than ever yeah um, there's feet, featuring there's and there's sometimes there's like a an X, yeah. <laughs> How does that get worked out? Is that just decided by it, them or the artists? No, it's decided by the streaming
1: platforms. So it's it's uh, if you're if you're a brand new artist, you can generally um, keep it as a feature, which is essentially what it should be. Yeah, but kind but, of but we run into things now where if you're down as a feature on certain platforms, it won't show up on your artist page. I see, right. It's just a technical thing. It's a technical thing which they call primary artist. Um, and yeah, it's slightly more about that now. Um, so I think, on, I think on the Tiesto one, it's like Tiesto X Jonas Blue X yeah. Rita Aura. It's like, yeah, it's slightly political, but it
0: doesn't make any difference basically. Right. Yeah god is there a thing of having to keep up with those platforms and because they're they're still kind of evolving yeah um they're changing
1: every day and it's like you know i i was very lucky that when it, it was weird when fast car came about that was at the start of the streaming revolution and that's that's always been part of my world you know i was never part of the world before where it was kind of um you know physic physical based or or you know i was part of I've always been part of the stream revolution, you know, whether it was yeah. streaming or iTunes before that. You know, I've yeah. always been part of that, so um, I'm very lucky that I was, you know, managed to catch the wave. Just how people like Calvin Harris caught the MySpace wave and yeah, exactly. caught the
0: attraction uh, of the people at the labels. I definitely remember Fast Car being a song that kind of set the tone for things like. Music on streaming, really, for kind of music that's more for everyone. Yeah, well, it
1: did it did amazing things because it what 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 happened was is I'm a British artist, but it broke in Australia first, and only streaming. Got good taste. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, only only streaming could allow that to happen these yeah. days, and then it kind of worked its way back to the UK. Um, so, yeah, I'm 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 very lucky and very blessed to be part of this revolution, but it is changing constantly. Yeah.
0: Let's try again. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices Number 45 The 45th bestseller In the UK of all time Is Daft Punk Feet Pharrell Get Lucky Um, Undeniably a good song right? I mean That was a pretty timeless (laughs) song Yeah yeah. Bit of a wedding Disco song now But you know Nonetheless still great Yeah Uh, It was number one For four weeks in 2011 And has 1.29 million sales Do you want to hear a fun fact? Oh yeah So
1: I used to help My dad, who used to film weddings and bar mitzvahs, and I always used to say, "If you have your songs played at a wedding or a bar mitzvah, that's when you know you've made it."
0: It's so true. It's so true. It's trickled down to actual general public.
1: Yeah. Yeah. In yeah, in in yeah, in the in the best form possible. And uh, yeah, I always said that that would that would be the case. So yeah, I've heard I've heard my.
0: My songs at a couple of weddings. Uh, my question is about kind of getting lucky, but not in that way. Okay. I your lucky break. Uh, what did you did you think you had a lucky break, or was it actually just lots of hard work? Did, was there a moment where it kind of tipped the balance, and you were like, okay, this is happening now? It was both. You know, I'd, I'd, I've been
1: working every single day of my career since I was eleven years old. Eleven. Um, yeah, I've been I've Ooh. been I've been producing music since I was eleven years old. So. It's been a long time, and I've been grafting away with this guy sitting opposite me, uh, <laughs> and we you know we've, we've been doing it for years, but it, it definitely there was like I said when I made fast car, it felt different. There was a feeling that happened, and it you know that that three minutes twelve changed my life, um, and yeah, it, it was part lucky as well. And then you you have luck. And then after luck, you've got to have consistency. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that and, and that was you know, the second follow up was a risk. You know, going with something like you know because everyone was everyone said copy fast car. Of course. But then yeah. I went with Perfect Strangers, which was like this big uh, brass type dance track with J P Cooper singing over it, which was you know completely different to Fast Car and a risk. And then that worked and then following that up and it was just, yeah, now here we are like X amount of singles and an
0: album down the line it's uh, slightly different now but the pressure is still just as much Did you did you mention earlier that um, you had the instrumental before yeah. the Fast Car? How did you know to put those two together? <laughs> well, I th- what it was is that I knew that I wanted to do a
1: version I've always wanted to do a version of Fast Car and um, there was no a cappella available with Tracy Chatham. Right. So it was just, you know, I, I, I can make music and hear, you know, someone singing it in my head. So, you know, it doesn't matter if it's not there on the track. Um, but yeah, I had the instrumental finished before I even had the vocals. And then I met Dakota in a bar and she with the vocals. And yeah, that's
0: how that one happened. Mm. Nice. What was your kind of first big gig? Do you remember that? Yeah, remember? My, my first... Oh, people are coming to the show,
1: isn't and... it? Yeah, my first big gig was... i just had Fast Car. Uh, it was it was the number one record in Australia at the time. and uh, It had then gone over to Mexico, and I had my first proper gig in Mexico at the Azteca Stadium for about 90,000 people. Whoa. Yeah, and that was <laughs> okay. that was my
0: first first gig as, as Jonas Blue. No pressure. No man. pressure, and only one song. And... Kind of given your experience of how it kind of happened. I mean, I suppose there's there's moments in time and you, mm. were, you were there's elements of it being in the right place, the right time. But is there advice you'd give to people as well of how to get going in the industry?
1: Yeah, I, you know, I think people always said to me, you know, find your own sound, be you. Best bit of advice I can give is that before you do that, just copy everyone. Copy everyone, and then that will morph into your own sound. Right. You because know, I always had this. You know, why can't I find my own sound? Why do I sound like this person? Why do I sound like that person? It's because you can't just find. You know, some people are lucky and they have a style straight away, and it's, it's totally original, it's totally them. But you know, part of the learning process for me was. You know, Max Martin said it's still from the best, copy from the best, and that was that was what I was doing in my earlier years. You know, I was I was just doing that, and then. Like I said, it, it starts morphing into your own sound because you think, I like that, but I want it to be like this because yeah. like this is how I want to hear it. And you start changing stuff and things start becoming your own because of that. And then you develop a sound after that. So that's one thing I would say is, is develop your own sound, but first of all, copy from the best, steal from the best, and then it goes into your own.
0: Nice, because we, were you a self taught producer? Yeah. For the most part. Yeah, 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 so yeah. I mean way to learn isn't it so it is I mean you kind do, of create you, what do yeah, you
1: do break a lot of rules by doing that you know it's it, probably you know I I did stuff in the earlier years that were probably not correct or not right in, in terms of how you make music but that's how you learn yeah exactly
0: yeah um, let's go again number 74 so 74 is LMFAO party rock anthem remember that one? (laughs) I used to play that
1: every week, I probably had to play that about four times a night when that came out in a bar that I used to play at in in bank, yeah, I would used to have like, like, it's definitely a bar in bank, yeah, I used to have like rich city men ask me, I used to get paid a lot of money to play that song, I'd get good tips, I'd get like 50 quids and 20 quids to just keep playing, now I remember Drake's
0: Hotline Bling, I got a hundred pounds to keep playing that and repeat for an hour. I didn't know that you'd you could get tipped for playing a certain song. Yeah, that's the good piece. You wouldn't tell self, that though. Obviously, yeah. But you uh, take the tip. Yeah, uh, DJing in bank or in any city yeah. is the way to go. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, it was number one for four weeks in two thousand eleven, and it sold one point two million copies. Um, my question is about partying. So, what's that? Yeah, right. <laughs> well, do you get a chance to do much, or are you just the person hosting the party? Um, I I pick and choose my moments. Okay. So there's there's a couple of
1: couple of times a year. Um, it probably starts off in March in Miami, which is the uh, it's called the Winter Music Conference, but it's the time when Ultra um, Miami happens and things like that. So I only see photos from that, and it looks crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's good fun. Um, so yeah, that's kind of one of the you do Ultra, um, and then you kind of let off some steam at uh, some pool parties and have some fun that's probably the first part of the year and then in the middle part of the year I believe that which is also my birthday which is in August so it's generally yeah let some steam off them as well nice yeah. I like you've got them sectioned off yeah I think you've got yeah you got to have your sections otherwise it just ends up as like every week and that's yeah. not good
0: do you remember the last really good night out you had yeah and what happened it's two nights going <laughs> yeah I was in Ibiza um, oh, what amazing. happened um,
1: actually do you know what probably the week before that in Ibiza I missed my flight Oh, no. yeah it's never it, well it's always a good night but a bad sign when you miss your flight that was probably a good one but um, yeah just seeing friends it's the start of the season in Ibiza and it's it's lethal you know everyone, <laughs>
0: everyone wants to have drinks and go out for food and go clubbing and uh It's a lot of fun. Yeah. And kind of on the opposite side, how do you unwind? Because you're constantly if you're kind of doing these big nights, yeah. They're quite noisy. Yeah. So how do you kind of cool down from that?
1: Um I just spend time at home, to be honest. And I'll do things like watch Come Dine with me with some beans on toast and a classic. And that's generally how I wind down or just see family. Just
0: For an event? a TV show not really I'm uh, more of like a. am more
1: of a, an old school I'll be like Only Fools and Horses or or even like a Netflix series nice that's, that's nice. it yeah <laughs> alright let's go again
0: 124 that's a big number it is the 124th best selling single in the UK of all time is Rihanna Diamonds well wow. uh, number one in 2011 1.11 million copies sold um I think this is still a really good song it's a classic song and it's a prim- it surprised everyone when it came out because she came out with a ballad for the mm. lead single from an album Yeah. and was like what? yeah that was an incredible song I mean made
1: by two of my idols Stargate and Benny Blanco oh, written yes. by Sia I mean it's uh, and, the, and the mad thing is the inspiration behind that was Toto's Africa was so, it? Yeah. yeah if you listen, if if listen to that. the intro and listen to Toto's Africa it's basically a rip off of that
0: kind of a mid-tempo banger
1: yeah it's weird it's like but do you know what it was that was kind of similar to Fast Car because it was slightly slower really emotional but with this kind of four-four back in and it's like takes you into a different realm it's, it's weird but yeah I remember hearing that and you still listen to it now it's incredible it's a ty- mm. that's a timeless record that is you one of must- see best
0: actually it's my question <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's about, kind of about Diamonds it's about um, the most kind of expensive high-ticket item you've splurged on for yourself or for somebody else? Uh, I mean everyone says a house.
1: I definitely spent a lot of money on mm-hmm. Houses are expensive. Uh, second to that would probably be my Ferrari. Oh wow okay. That would be, right in. That'd be oh, the, price, you the pricey think? one as well.
0: Yeah. Did you? You must have Felt a real sense of like accomplishment when you could buy that. Do right. You, every time I
1: sit in the car seat, I kiss the horse. Do you? Yeah. <sighs> I kiss the horse. Is that a bit sad? Well, is it for good luck? <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Let's say it's good luck, but yeah, I'm just like I just
0: look at the horse. I'm just like it's amazing. You you mentioned the house. Yes. Um, I did see a photo of your swimming pool, mm. which has your logo in it. It does. That is pretty
1: swish. Yeah, it was it was my dad's idea. My dad. so I had the whole pool retitled, and my dad said, "Oh, you, you know, you can't get it without putting your name in it." And I was like, "Oh, well, not really. Like, don't <laughs> want to do that." And then he was like, "You have to do it. It's gonna be such a big feature for the house." And then and then
0: we did it. Yes, it looks listened cool. Listen to dad. It looks looks really good, but is it not a slight kind of signal to overhead flight, like planes and stuff coming in? Yeah. Oh, there
1: he is. That's <laughs> true. I, I have to do Google Maps actually and just check if it actually comes yeah. up. Yeah, oh well, I didn't do that. I'd... Satellite. It probably see me laying in the pool. <laughs> Shall we go for another? Yeah, let's do it. One
0: hundred and twenty-two. So, the one hundred twenty-second best-selling single is Shane Ward. That's my goal. Really? Uh, number one in two thousand and five was the Christmas number one, obviously X Factor winner single. Mm. Um, 1.11 million copies sold, just a little bit under Rihanna. My question is about goals. Yeah. You go not? Um, you've already achieved a lot in quite a short space of time. Yeah. I'm guessing some goals, some things have been ticked off, some milestones. Is there? What are the next few? Have you got them in your head? Um,
1: for me, career goals, like you said, you know, being able to achieve so much in such a short space of time, for me the biggest pressure is, is, is being consistent with you know the kind of the, the, you know, the way the records work around the world you know having that pressure every time to fulfill that same thing is it's very difficult so for me my biggest goal is just being able to you know keep making music that I love and feel passionate about and to be consistent you know I, I want to be I want to be around a long time and I want to be the soundtrack to people's lives you know I really mm. do just like it's like my idols have people like Max Martin, you know, throughout the years, always been the soundtrack to my life in, in somewhere or another, so, you know, I get messages all the time, people saying to me, you know, that was a song at our wedding, or we walked down the aisle to that, or, you know, this was our baby's favourite song, you know, that for me is 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 the most incredible feeling in the world when you've written a song that translates and means something to people, that's incredible. So to keep doing that is my biggest goal. Um, I'm serious I think probably a couple more houses <laughs> why not <laughs> why not um, yeah that would, be, that would be it for me
0: and, to, and good health for all my friends and family you're very good at um, particularly soundtracking summer moments yeah you did mention as well that people have people kind of have songs at the weddings or whatever yeah. Christmas I think it's time that it's you got a Christmas <laughs> song <laughs> and got a Christmas number it's, one yeah uh, why not because that really lives
1: on I just, like, look at, like, you know, Mariah's All I Want For Christmas is You, you know, just looking how much of, you know, how that is such a staple Christmas record, but in the kind of, in the later years and how how that still works so well in such a, such a great song. So, you know, definitely trying to look at something more like that, but (laughs) maybe maybe with a little
0: summer winter twist. And the final thing I want to ask about new music. Yes. So, obviously, there's a couple of tracks out at the moment. Mm -hmm. So, what's the plan? next
1: well the plan have Um, you got your next single lined up the next single I'm going to do is going to be a club record Um, and this is this is something me you know something I've wanted to do go back to my roots of making club music and you know because that's what I used to do so um, yeah I have a club record with me doing a kind of a singy chant on it and it'll be the first record that I've ever done that. Nice. I'm the world's worst singer, but I've managed to get away with it on this song. So <laughs> that's gonna be the next one which comes out in hopefully July. And then I'm looking to release a single at the end of summer. So it's just about finding the right songs for the right people, right time as well. Can't be, you know, something forced and in a time where I'm so busy. So yeah, definitely looking at a couple of bits and I'm involved in a new girl group called Four of Diamonds. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So I really love them and I'm trying to help them really, you know, smash it with their career as well. They so. just supported Risa or on tour, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah, they're amazing. And you know, it's definitely time for a new girl group.
0: Yes. Um, Jonas
1: B, thank you so much. Thank you. For, uh, thanks for
0: playing Take the Hit. Thank you. Thanks very much, Jonas, or Guy, to use his real name. I'm never sure what to call artists in that situation. I hope you enjoyed this episode please subscribe and give us a rating if you did. You might want to check out some of our recent Take The Hit episodes with Adam Lambert or perhaps Danny Jones from McFly or Louise Redknapp. Remember, you can also keep up with Official Charts online at officialcharts.com where, among loads of things, you can keep an eye on the UK's weekly singles and albums charts as heard on BBC Radio 1.